You're listening to Local Fidelity. I'm your host, Tom Gallo. Last week, I was devastated to learn of the passing of a dear friend of Local Fidelity and Look at My Records, Maury Skinfill also known as Louisa Black of the band Rich Girls. Last July, I had the privilege of speaking with Maury at length on Local Fidelity about Rich Girls and the various other projects she's contributed to over the years in both New York City and the Bay Area. At that time, Rich Girls had just released an absolutely chilling reinterpretation of Bruce Springsteen's classic song, Born to Run. It was slowed down, dark, and heavy on the low ends, and in many ways, the absolute antithesis of the original, but represented what Maury described as the song's true themes of suicide and risking it all when you're at your lowest. Her creative and unique interpretation was just one example of the type of innovative spirit and energy that she brought to her music. Her passion, creativity, and talent were truly one of a kind, Beyond that, she was a kind, selfless person, a mentor, and a loving friend to so many. Today, we're re-airing Maury's appearance on Local Fidelity from July 2020 in its entirety. But before we jump into that, we'll be playing the last song that she ever released with Rich Girls, La Novia. Maury, wherever you are, know that you'll live on in the hearts of those who loved you and your music. You are deeply, deeply missed. Here's La Novia. <laughs> Hey 
Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to Local Fidelity on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Tom Gallo. And today, my first time having a guest on the show in like over a month. So I'm pretty excited to have Louisa Black of Rich Girls here today. We kicked off the show with Blood Brother, a track from Rich Girls' 2018 album, Black City. And I'm super happy to have Louisa here to talk about Rich Girls, particularly the two awesome songs they just released, including a great cover of Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run and their song, The Fighter. So hello, Louisa. It's very nice to meet you via Zoom. Nice to meet you. Yeah, how are you doing? Everything okay? I'm well. Yeah, I'm good. I'm quarantining in California. Nice. So have you been spending your time the last few months during quarantine? Oh, man. Uh, I've been indoors a lot, uh, doing a lot of doom scrolling of news and (laughs) trying to write music. How's the music writing been going, given the circumstances? It's been different for different people, I'd say. Some people have been able to. Other people haven't as much. You know, it's definitely unique circumstances that no one could have really ever predicted. So Yeah, it's wild. I mean, a couple things. I tend to write um, alone anyway, and I, I... I will sketch out songs sort of start to finish starting with drums and um, I do a lot of writing like sketching in garage band. So I think that part is still fine. Um, I miss the spontaneous writing that happens in rehearsal. Yeah, totally. So um, I'm a big fan of, you know, of the song that gets written in five minutes because usually they're better uh, than the ones that get overcooked. Yeah. That jamming thing hard to replicate in the current circumstances have you attempted anything i've heard of people jamming over zoom or whatever but i don't know that seems kind of (laughs) challenging i've been yeah i've been begging uh our guitar player johnny to (laughs) to do it with me and he refuses he won't he won't have it (laughs) he won't have it um we're working on it we've been trading files back and forth a lot yeah uh, that's that seems to be good and seems to have been working for people too so that's cool cool to hear that you're writing in the throes of things so i wanted to dive a little bit into the history of rich girls before kind of focusing on the last two years a little bit but i know this started as a solo project back in london in 2013 you were in a band called the blacks before that and then that ended Uh, what were the circumstances surrounding the beginnings of rich girls Uh, why'd you start this project how did it come about and just a little bit of the history you know i um so a couple things i had been uh, so I was in the, this band, The Blacks, and I had been really heartbroken when the band broke up. And because I, I loved that project, and um, we toured a bunch and uh, and put out music that I liked, and um, and I feel like there was a, a community kind of building around that music at the time. And when that stopped, I I, I didn't play music for over a year. Uh, it was hard. It just felt. Um, I was just sad. So, uh, so I didn't play music for over a year and then I was living in London and I didn't have a creative network or any friends <laughs> or a job. <laughs> and, um, uh, so it was, it just felt like a kind of lonely, dark time. And then I started writing music, um, uh, for some future imaginary band. And I didn't, um, I started writing a bunch of demos and I, I liked the, I liked where it was going, but, uh, I didn't want people to think it was a sad sack solo bedroom project, which it was. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so I named it rich girls because I thought that was a kind of misdirection and people would think it would be more than one person and uh, it sounded sort of like a party. But um, I wrote a couple of songs and I sent them to my old label, Tricycle Records, who were in San Francisco and they said, great, let's put this out and um, sent it to a couple of bookers and they were like, let's book you right away. And so I just called some friends of mine who I thought were great musicians in San Francisco and I was like, do you want to play in this band? 
Um, and I said, sure, great. So I moved back to California and, um, and so, that was that. So at that point, had you already left London or did this kind of precipitate that? It precipitated that. Um, I didn't love London anyway. It's uh, it's not a, Britain doesn't have a lot of love for Americans and you really feel it. it it's interesting because in your, I was doing a deep dive into your discography and the, the first two EPs sound different. And I think starting with, the EP you released in 2016 is definitely has this darker, more synth-driven, minimalist punk sound, which is kind of British almost. Though you know, there there are there is totally. a lot of American artists that have that as well, but I kind of hear the British influence definitely. Yeah, I mean, the, the two things that are funny about that, I always thought of myself as an Anglophile until I moved to London, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then I realized it was sort of hard to live there um, and uh, socially. But um, but no, I love British music. It's, it's definitely been a big influence on me. And I think, ironically, we had we've had a, a kind of interesting reception in these weird little outposts. Yeah, across, totally. Uh, across the UK, uh, when I look at who actually you know listens to our music, they're in you know Leeds and. Uh, I don't know, Leipzig. <laughs> yeah, Leipzig and Leeds, the yeah. two L's. But in looking at the this project, it's been around since 2013. Not many solo projects, bands, even last a couple of years in this day and age. So you really have a long track record and a, a deep discography to really reflect on how would you say you've evolved as a writer and how has your sound evolved in the seven or eight years that this project has existed i think that's a good question i i wanted to when i started the band i wanted to see uh if you could create something lush and interesting out of a really stripped down sound um and so uh i'm also really partial to trios i love trios because i feel like there's nowhere to hide um, I don't love the virtuosity of a lot of trios, <laughs> uh, so I wanted to see what it was like to do um, a trio that was uh, sort of more stripped back and raw. Um, I think the way the music has evolved is I learned to sing over the course of, um, you know, over the course of writing uh, a bunch of different records, and um, that was also part of the part of the point of the band. Is I had always been a guitar player, but I hadn't been a singer singer. So I think I've pushed melody in new ways, new for me, um, since the band started. Took more chances vocally for sure. Totally. And last year you released Better. It's the first in this last three series of singles you released recently. And what I thought was really cool was that it's actually a follow-up to a song on your 2014 EP that's called Worse. And it was on the <laughs> EP Love is... Uh, it was on the, the EP called Fiverr. But what I thought was cool was that you put out an EP and an album in between then and now, but then you decided to kind of write this follow-up to that song on an older EP. Why'd you decide to do that? And what was the inspiration behind the song? I mean, uh, yeah, you got to go through worse before you get to better. Yeah. I think. <laughs> it, took, it took a while. Um, I, I'm, just, I'm always thinking about these different kinds of uh, sort of raw, basic states of being. And so worse was a song about, you know, uh, worse was a song about addiction and, and the difficulty in getting over certain um, compulsions and better was a revised version of that, right? There's life after pain, I think, but um, it took, yeah, it took uh, probably, I think it was five years in between the first and the second song. <laughs> and so did, did that reflect, did you find that reflect personal growth or anything specifically within your life? that had happened that during that five-year period that led you to release this uh, follow-up to the song? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Worse was written at this kind of uh, desperate moment uh, of, of, uh, of bleakness when I was living in London. And then Better is Better was written in New York. And I had a collaborator, you know, with Johnny Maysmith, who's, um, who's been our guitar player for the last uh, two years. Um, normally I write by myself. This is the first time I wrote with somebody else in a long time. Um, so I think I was just writing from a place on the up. Cool. And so what is that? What was that like collaborating with someone again? That So that song in particular was written very, very quickly. Johnny came in with this with this kind of beautiful guitar arpeggio and uh i just started singing and uh he originally wanted to add it's you know it's a two chord song which i love yeah. <laughs> and and it clocks in under three minutes which is which i also like um and so it was super simple and all we did was um i always tend to push his tempos because <laughs> uh, he likes to play really slowly um and so we just sped it up and uh and you know, it's like a four count and you're in. It was fun. So, so did you, you wrote that separately from Black City, the album you put out in 2018? It was just a standalone single? Yes. Standalone single. It followed Black City. Cool. And this year you put out The Fighter, which is an awesome, really powerful song. Uh, what inspired that? I know you've said in other interviews that it's, you feel like you're always fighting bigots and it's definitely a song for the moment i would say you know i i hate i i sort of hate to admit this but i feel like i have had donald trump on my mind for for excruciating years now yeah. it, it's very hard to think outside of um i feel like that's always this kind of presence or pressure that's always on the margins of everything that i do and that a lot of people do and it's really hard not to uh, to operate outside of that for me anyway and so i think the fighter was a song about just about defying that kind of figure yeah and it's interesting the how applicable it also is to the social movements that are going on that you probably weren't even thinking about when you wrote the song too oh yeah it's incredible yeah at the same time i would i would say like the, the song is um i hear it now and it's you know it's quite a deadpan song it's not like i don't think you hear the emotion of um there's not a kind of des desperate emotion in it which i think was part of the um part of the intent of it right it's sort of a flex <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> like you can't get to me yeah and is this a standalone track or is it part of a series of songs you wrote with a planned future release or anything like that? So there were three songs that we wrote. Um, well, three songs we wrote all at the same time. That's the first one that has come out. And then I am mixing a couple of other things that have been um, in the hopper that are at the same time, that basically were written at the same time as that song. And so with mixing now and recording songs do you do a lot of the mixing yourself how much are other people involved your other bandmates or outside producers and stuff like that my other bandmates aren't involved in the mixing but i usually mix um with my long time i have two people that i mix with so um travis harrison who is at serious business in brooklyn and he has recorded he recorded better so he's the engineer on that and uh he recorded the bruce cover as well so i've been working with travis, travis for a couple of years but my longtime engineer sean beresford who um is in san francisco at blighty sound so i typically the way it goes is all right and record something in GarageBand. We retrack it, and then I try to make Sean make it sound like the GarageBand mix. <laughs> that's that's really interesting because I, I read in another uh, review something written about one of your songs or it was an interview I can't remember but that you do use GarageBand I use GarageBand too still I'm wondering why do you prefer that platform over using Logic or pro tools or anything else that other people use at home i just i i love it i love the simplicity of it um and then obviously we track in pro tools when we when we track properly but um i love the simplicity of it and then i lo <laughs> i love the garage van ipad interface because you can play drums uh you can actually like tap through drums instead of um just programming beats and it's so much fun and you mentioned the Born to Run cover, which is really, really awesome. I love a good cover, but I like 
covers where the artist isn't really doing a carbon copy of the song, but they're staying true to the song, but giving it their own spin. And what I really liked about your version of Born to Run was I felt like it was a lot darker than the original and kind of reflected our current circumstances over the course of the last few years in America and throughout the world. I was wondering what what was your take on the cover? What were you trying to convey? Because the original, even though the lyrics are the same, the original does sound more a little more up, uplifting and aspirational, but yours is definitely darker and eerier, which I really liked a lot because I think that in and of itself was kind of a statement. Yeah, I mean, the original version is this kind of biker anthem, but when you listen to it lyrically, it's a song about suicide. Yeah. I mean, it invokes suicide three times in the first, you know, in the first half of the song. It's, it's kind of incredible. And so I wanted to re-sing it with attention to what I thought it was really about. Because uh, it's really a song about desperation and not being able to escape your circumstances. And it's, uh, it's quite brutal. So slowed it way down and did a kind of goth version of it. Yeah, it's super gothy and I like it a lot. <laughs> and d- did you work on your with your bandmates uh, on that cover or was it just you? Uh, no, we used to play it live and so we, tr- we ended up tracking it together, yeah. Cool, well, without further ado, let's play the three songs we just talked about. Better, The Fighter, and Rich Girls' great cover of Born to Run, originally performed by Bruce Springsteen. And we'll be back. You're listening to Local Fidelity on Radio Free Brooklyn.
All right, we just heard three awesome songs by Rich Girls. We heard Better, The Fighter, and their incredible cover of Born to Run. Hope you all enjoyed it. If you loved it, head to richgirls1.bandcamp.com to get them. And now for this next part, this is a local music program. It's all New York City based. And you curated an awesome playlist of New York City artists. First up, Act Your Age by A Place to Bury Strangers. They're awesome. Have you played with them? The greatest band. Have you played yes. live with them before? Yeah, the Black, my old band, the Blacks, used to play with them all the time. Uh, they are my favorite band, my favorite all-time band, the greatest band from New York City. Very to the point, and I agree. I like A Place to Bury Strangers. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the Blacks. I'm interested in learning more about that band that you're in. You, you toured a bunch and things like that. Toured a bunch, met Barry Strangers in New York and then played a bunch of shows with them. Um, but yeah, we did a bunch of domestic tours. Um, same drummer as Rich Girls, Gavin, uh, was in the Black, so we've been in bands together for a really long time. Um, it was a uh, sort of art punk trio and noisier than Rich Girls, uh, more raw and fun. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I, I'm a big fan of trios as well. I think some of the best yeah. bands are trios. The, yeah. It's the bare bones, and then it's like so much more impressive when you can do something really great as a trio. You know what I mean? Totally. And also, I like it because it always feels dangerous. You know, there's nowhere to hide in a trio. You're 100% exposed. Yeah, there's no one. <laughs> Your mistakes are on full display. <laughs> You, you hear the guitar <laughs> fuck up, you know it's the guitar yeah. player. And also, by the way, that's why I never have bass players in my bands, because you can have, like, a guitar fuck up as a trio, and it's fine, but you have a bass fuck up as a trio, and <laughs> you're yeah, in trouble. Yeah, you're in big, big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Serafina by Bambara. This is a great new album that just came out this year. It's actually one of my favorites of the year, so I thought it was really that you picked this band and they're they're yeah, incredible, incredible. post-punk band um big fan juarez by native son this is uh, this is like a really good song as well i'm a big fan of native really, son. yeah really good and i'm jealous of bands that can write you know uh deadpan songs in minor keys and that are not super melodic and still be super hooky yeah this is a very hooky song for sure <laughs> Yeah. Tell me about this next artist. I'm, I'm not familiar with Yonatan Gat, Fading Casino. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so Yonatan, uh, he was the guitar player for Monotonics, uh, who was that uh, incredible, you know, Israeli um, guitar punk band. And then he, he's amazing. I saw him. Uh, so I used to love Monot Monotonics. I thought those shows were really uh, crazy. They used to set up in the middle of the room and uh, go nuts. Um, but they were this kind of virtuosic guitar trio, right? Um, he went on to really kind of expand his, his sort of musical approach and repertoire. And I saw him about a year and a half ago at Winter Jazz Fest, and he played um, a Dvorak concerto on guitar. Wow. It was it was wild. It was the most incredible thing I have ever seen. And he assembled these, uh, you know, these amazing players. And it was, I don't even know why I was at Jazz Fest, but it was great. <laughs> and um, uh, I was just totally blown away. Um, so he has this new uh, record out called Universalists. And this is an instrumental song. It's a beautiful, beautiful track. I don't even like guitar virtuosos. Um, I, love, I, I, I love him. Nice. I'm looking forward to hearing this and also loving him because I tr I trust your opinion. <laughs> you know what you know what you're talking about. So Thanks. after that, be anti by Weeping Icon. Going back to kind of the noisier post punk. This yeah. is a great, really, really great record. Yeah, super stripped down and cool. Yeah. Have you ever seen them live? I saw them live last year. It was incredible. Oh, you did? Yeah. I haven't. And then Sick by Vivian Girls. I love them. Great trio. Was very yeah. happy when they reunited. Were you at the show last year 
in New York that they played? I was not at the show last year that they played, and now I don't know when I'm ever going to see anybody again. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm kind of going through my head thinking about all the times I was comfy on my couch or whatever right. and didn't go didn't go see rock and roll or whatever and I'm full of regret but hopefully they'll be back soon but I, I really loved the new Vivian Girls record I, I was so impressed that they were able to just pick up where they left off and put together another batch of really hooky dreamy sounding songs yeah and the whole wall of sound on that on that track is yeah great. totally a big big uh, wall of sound and to wrap it up billy by surfboard craziest band in new york city <laughs> i love this band i love how they were in a chanel ad or whatever this Gucci, is Gucci, Gucci my friend. Me. Yeah, thank you for correcting me on that. But when I saw that, I was so happy. I've seen them live many times. I love the the front person's whole shtick and thing. She's really intense and off the wall. She has great stage presence. Like this band is awesome. Yeah, when I first moved to New York, they were the very first band that I saw live. Wow, that's cool. That's that's yeah. a high bar to set <laughs> for the first band you see live. I remember one time I saw them right before the 2016 election. They were like, fuck Trump, fuck Hillary Clinton, fuck everyone. And then they just started playing. And I was like, it's a big, big statement. Yeah. So, Surfboard, we both love you a lot. All right. So we're going to play these songs. Act Your Age by A Place to Bury Strangers, Serafina by Bambara, Juarez by Native Son, Vading Casino by Yonatan Gat, Be Anti by Weeping Icon, Sick by Vivian Girls, and Billy by Surfboard. I'm here with my guest, Louisa Black of Rich Girls. Serafina, 
But people call me Sarah to save some time Well, I got all the time in the world Sadie got to stick and rid it While the girl said she'd been committed as a child Discovered her love for fire and wild And the asylum was a charming arson He broke out with his girl and started Burning through Georgia like a moonstruck Sherman Sarah knew what she wanted for sure then People are who they are, she said And I want their kind of love We're bad together and it's good Sadie said, let me grab some wood and booze See if we can't keep this thing alive So Sadie said, I'm gonna buy us an old house in a big town. 
Hey, we just heard an awesome set of all New York City artists curated by my guest, Louisa Black of Rich Girls. We heard Act Your Age by A Place to Bury Strangers, Serafina by Bambara, Juarez by Native Son, Fading Casino by Yonatan Gat, Be Anti by Weeping Icon, Sick by Vivian Girls, and Billy by Surfboard. And sadly, we're coming to the end of the show, Louisa. Thank you for joining me today. If you loved the Rich Girls songs we played earlier in the show, everyone, which I know you did, you could get them via Bandcamp, richgirls1.bandcamp.com. And I believe you're donating proceeds from the sales of the Bruce cover to Southern Poverty Law Center, right? Southern Poverty Law Center and sales of the fighter through July. So all the singles that are up right now uh, on Bandcamp, all the all the digital sales are going to go to the Southern Poverty Law Center. Super great cause. Any any reason why you picked them in particular, or just a great organization that does a lot of good work, which they obviously are. Uh, they're fighting for democracy, you know, for so many different communities. It's incredible. Rich Girls Music also available on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and you can like Rich Girls on Facebook and Instagram. Also very active on Twitter as well. So thank you. It was great chatting with you. Thank you, Tom. 